Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guest this week. He is one of the youngest presidents in the sports business. He worked his way up from being one of the first employees and has impacted hundreds of industry professionals. I'm excited to have our next guest, Joe Rickert, president of Tamar Sales University. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. Joe, always excited to, to catch up and, and talk about not only the, the business, but also your career. And you know, starting back from the beginning, you grow up outside of Chicago. You go on to attend the University of Kentucky, receive a degree in marketing and management. And I always like to ask a lot of our guests, like thinking back to that time, what did you think you wanted to do from a career perspective? Well, it depends on how far back you want to go. When I was um, when I was a kid and teenager and all that, I had a fascination with astronomy and thought I was going to be an astronomer and all this other stuff. I quickly realized I was probably a, a few hundred IQ points short to make that a reality. And um, you know, look from an early age, I, I had a, a, a an idea that I wanted to be involved on the on the business side in some way, shape, and form. I also had a pretty deep fascination with psychology. And so I actually pursued psychology as a major initially in college and ended up switching full-time into business and, and minoring in psychology. And uh, in college, explored advertising as a potential route. I think that's when the show Mad Men was at its uh, peak and and all that. And that didn't work out. So I thought to myself, you know, how can I still apply those same principles of, of business and learning that area, psychology, and landed on the idea of sales and, and ultimately sales leadership. And so I started to pursue that. So sports for me was, was never really the plan. And my senior year of college, I actually interviewed with a consumer goods company and and I went through that entire interview process. They're a fortune 100 company and it went really well. And they told me that they wanted me to join the company, but because I wasn't graduating from one of their preferred partner business schools, uh, then I wouldn't be able to join their their sales and leadership development program or whatever they called it for a few years. And that's what I initially wanted to do. So that put a really big chip on my shoulder, candidly, because it told me that it was a company that really wasn't necessarily merit based and that you could really only get into this program coming out of a certain business school and, and all that. And so I started to look around at other options. And, and at the time, I had an internship uh, with UK Athletics. I went to school at Kentucky. And so I had a really great internship that at the time I thought would just be cool to be able to tell my friends I was working in the athletic department. And it was in marketing. And I, I knew that marketing wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I really enjoyed being around it. And then I had a second internship with the multimedia rights company that was selling sponsorship on behalf of Kentucky. 
at the time. And, and a great mentor of mine, a guy named Jeremy Burson, who's now with the Nashville Predators, was an AE there at Kentucky selling sponsorship. And that's where I kind of saw the business side of the sports industry. And he had gotten his start in ticket sales. And this is pre sports management programs being as right. big as the they programs are now. You know so what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I just kind of thought, you know, ticket sales, you just, was that like you sit in the box office and sell at the window or what does that mean? And yep. so he told me all about it and I learned, learned a lot from him and uh, did a little research, found a career fair in, in Atlanta uh, and went down that the Hawks were, were hosting. I think you may have even been, in attendance at that back in the day and uh, met Eric Platt with the Hawks and the rest was history. The rest. Yeah, absolutely. Former 52 weeks of hustle guest and great friend of both of ours. And, (laughs) you know, to that point, like you you go down, you you meet Eric and you're graduating, you're thinking what is next as a a lot of us did. And you took that risk to to move all the way to Atlanta to start in an entry level sales role, making 10 bucks an hour. I studied the same thing, right? Sink or swim. You've got eight, nine months to, to make or break it. You know, why why risk that move to Atlanta to do that? I think it starts with great leadership, starts with great people. And when you're surrounded by great people, the risks don't really seem as risky, I guess. And uh, for me, you know, point blank, the reason I went to Atlanta is because I wanted to work for Eric. And that yeah. that was it. And uh, it was one of the best decisions that I could have ever made because Eric's been a, a mentor and a friend of mine now for the last 10 plus years. And, and you know, once once I went down there and really – um, you know, just kind of immerse myself in, in this whole sports side of the, the business and sales and sports. And it was kind of these two passions and loves that I had. I I came to a moment where I thought I'll, I will always be asking myself, what if, if I don't at least give this a shot, I don't want to go through the rest of my life working a job thinking about, man, what if I went and worked for that NBA team or MLB right. team or NFL team or whatever it was? And what, what could I have been doing? And, and so I just didn't want to have any regrets. And Coming off that experience with the consumer goods company that I interviewed with, I, I again, I had a chip on my shoulder and I wanted something that was competitive, um, but something that that was competitive in the right way and, and rewarded performance yep. and, and something that I felt like I could control my, my destiny on. So eight month contract, right? 12 person class, maybe two would get promoted internally. I love that because it was competitive and it was competitive on merit. And so it was a little bit of a prove it to myself moment that, hey, I'm just as good as those, you know, guys and gals at these other business schools and, and all that. I don't I don't know if at the time I really believed it, but I wanted to prove it to myself. And uh, of course, the support of my family was incredible. Right. They had every yeah. right to sit there and go, hey, you're going to be making as much yeah. as as you would working at McDonald's. But they saw the, the vision that I had for it and they knew I was going to be doing it forever in that position and that it was a great, great way to launch my career. Well, to that point, you you certainly launched your career, Joe, and, you know, throughout your five years with the Hawks organization, you quickly worked your way up that, that corporate ladder, uh, you know, into, to consultant, senior consultant of group sales to senior consultant of premium group membership, and ultimately into leadership as the manager of ticket sales. So what is your advice to listeners on being able to excel and quickly move up within an organization? There's a great question. There's a few things that, you know, we talk about all the time at, at Tamar, we talk about with our leadership group and account executives and everybody, you know, one, one topic that we always hammer on is in your career, one of the best things that you can do is strive to be known as somebody that is consistently dependable. Being known as somebody that not only follows through, but then also follows up. And so if I get asked to do something 
and then I go out and do it, I'm really only completing maybe 70, 75% of that task. The rest of it is I need to go, go and follow up and, and summarize it up, down and, and sideways. And I've always felt like if my boss had to seek me out to see if I did what they asked me to do, that I had failed because um, you know I hadn't done a good enough job on being dependable on my communication, right? I may have executed it well, but I didn't communicate that back up and follow up. So so I think being someone that's consistently dependable, that, that someone being known as, as someone that's going to be reliable and, and get things done, and that if you get asked to do something, you go above the call, right? If somebody's asking you for uh, cents, you give them dollars. It's always been kind of what I've tried to do. And, and so if, whether that's, hey, can I get a report on this? I wanted it to be the best, cleanest the report they one. ever yep. they ever saw. Or, or, hey, we want you to run point on this project. Great. I want to communicate. And I want you to know that I'm on top of this and and that you can trust that I'm going to, I might, I might not know everything, but I'm going to try my best to figure it out. So I think being consistently dependable is a huge one. The other thing I would say is, is this concept that, you know, opportunities aren't really given, they're taken. And what I mean by that is I think too often we're waiting for somebody to, to direct us, to, to tell us what to do, to, Hey, you're now responsible for this, go do this. And in reality, those opportunities come to the individuals that are already taking ownership and initiative in those areas and, and yep. showing an aptitude for those tasks. And so um, I would tell people to, to take initiative, try new things. Don't wait to be asked, uh, be aggressive and in, in leaning in and, and showing a kind of a natural curiosity for, for those areas. Um, and then when you get those opportunities, earn your seat at the table every single right. day, right? Your, your job, is to add value, right? So don't just be happy to be there, right? Oh, great. You're now in the meeting. Don't yeah. just be happy to, to be there. Add value to the meeting. And sometimes adding value means not saying anything. Sometimes it means saying a lot, right? And, yep. and so knowing kind of when to hit the gas and when to hit the brake on that. And then I'd say the last thing, Travis, is, is to be patient. You don't get to the next thing until you're excellent at the current thing. And that takes time. Um, you know, you don't do one thing, send one good document, manage one project, and then go, okay, where's my promotion? It's not how it works. You have to do it consistently and for an extended period of time. And, and I think a lot of times we're kind of in an Amazon Prime society where everything's at our fingertips and we go, okay, hey, great, I did that. Where's my two-day shipping and, and promotion? And so I think focus on, <laughs> focus on doing Great the work. Analogy. And, yeah, focus on doing the work and learning the actual skill set, not on when is my title going to change? When am I going to get X, Y, or Z? If you do the work and you do it consistently, good things will happen. I think, Joe, I think that it's great advice and, and kind of the, the the three things that kind of catapult that. And, you know, I consistently think about the same thing as one is, you know, dominate your day, right? You dominate your day to your point. Everything will happen. Good things will certainly happen to good people. They put themselves in good position. And and finally, like, you know, I'm a big believer. And it started with why you went to Atlanta. It's the people. You know, you, you surround yourself with the right people. Everything else will follow. Money, title, responsibility. And I know a lot of people that may not have the title that they want, but they have more responsibility than another person. And that's, that's the right. most important from a learning experience. And, you know, Joe, as, as we all know in, in leadership, and sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow at times because when you're selling, you're focused on yourself and unlimited opportunities. <laughs> Hell, let's be realistic, a lot less stress. Typically, you're making more money, especially early on. And, you know, as you moved into leadership and thinking back to that first leadership role or early on in your leadership career and how you've evolved, what's thing? What's one thing you wish you would have known back then that you know now? Uh, yes, I definitely made a lot of mistakes early on. I think um, that it's okay to say you don't know, 
right? Like when, when you become a leader, quote unquote, because, and I put that in quotes, because anybody can be a leader. It's not, it's not title-based. So maybe I'll say when you become a manager, yeah. <clears throat> um, it's not like your job all of a sudden transitions to being an all-knowing oracle and you're not going to have all the answers. And so I think it's more important to be somebody that's incredible in their execution of figuring out how to get the answer than to try to um, say, you know, things that you don't really know. So I think ultimately that it's okay to say that you don't, you don't know, but then we're hard to figure out how to get, get to the answer. Absolutely. Well, you know, Joe, as you were kind of evolving your career and progressing, you received the opportunity to go back to Kentucky and become one of the first employees of Tamar Sales University, then as the vice president and general manager of ticket sales with the University of Kentucky. So kind of a reunion for you. And then you've quickly have moved up with Tamar just as well as, as first moving to senior vice president of property and team development. And now just recently into the president role. So, you know, obviously can kudos and congrats on all your successes. And first, what is your elevator pitch for or Tamar Sales University? Sure. So, um, you know, Mark Dyer, who's our founder and CEO, started this company because he felt like there was a real need in the college sports space for a, a new and fresh approach that that better served the, the client through a more transparent, cost-effective model for our clients. So our vision was really to create a model that, that completely aligned goals between our clients and and uh, and ourselves in terms of revenue generation, and so now after you know three and a half years or so working with over 20, 20 locations, that model's really resonated. We feel like we're still just getting started. I feel like we've gone through so much over the last few years, but still feel like we're in chapter one of building this thing, and we've grown from a college ticket sales company to now growing into ticket operations and sponsorship and multimedia and fundraising and even branching out into into professional sports, uh, sports most recently. So I'm really excited about the future and, and, uh, where we're going. No, that's absolutely, that's awesome. And, and a lot of success and, and obviously Mark, uh, former 52 weeks hustle guest as well. And, yes. you know, as, as I know the easiest answer is no day is the same. And, you know, with you, especially in the president's role right now and having properties all across the country, it's, it's important to be efficient and effective, but give the listeners just kind of some advice on, on how you manage your day. Yeah, no, no two days are the same. Um, but, you know, our, our mission statement as a company is really simple. It's clients and colleagues. So every day is the same in terms of keeping those two things front of mind all the time. So, um, you know, a lot of what what we do is, is how are we better serving our clients? How are we becoming more efficient? And then how do we put our colleagues in, in challenging but rewarding situations and opportunities that are going to lead to their personal and, and professional growth? And so, in terms of managing, in terms of managing the day, uh, I think you have to have a plan. You talk about dominate the day. You have to have. I try to break it up into weeks, right? In terms of what is the biggest priority that I want to achieve, biggest three priorities this week that I need to move forward. And it's not all about getting touchdowns on on our team. We talk a ton about just this concept of get first downs, right? Move the ball when it's when it's third and one and you're on your own 15, the only thing you're thinking about is getting a first down. Not every play has to be a Hail Mary. So sometimes you just have to advance the ball. And, and um, so that's what I that's what I try to do and, and uh, stay focused on the main things. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Joe Rickert, president of Tamar Sales University. And, and Joe, we certainly could talk about your career and always, already great advice, but let's get into the, you know, the hot topics here. And as we just kind of briefly talked about, you know, question one, you're based out of Kentucky, but you have projects all across the country and, and you're talking about dominating your day. But what is your advice to people now, especially in this new world where they may have to lead via virtual uh, they may have to lead from afar. What's your advice uh, of being able to lead people you know, from afar where you're not necessarily seeing them day to day? It was a really hard adjustment for me at first, Travis, to be 100% candid because I'm a guy that's used to showing up, feeding off the energy in the room, right? Bringing a ton of energy to the room and and, and having kind of those spontaneous micro interactions day to day. And and how's this going? How's that going? And, and those kind of water cooler um, moments that just happen naturally in, in an office. And so we've had to be really purposeful at Tamar in creating those interactions across our team. And so we're about to announce our 20th client where we operate on site. And because we started as a really small company, yeah, I, I feel like everyone really has that if one of us fails, we all fail sort of mentality. And I always compare it to building a golf team, right? It's it's a lot like building a golf team in the sense of you want to be competitive. You want to be the best that you can be. You want to be the, the guy or gal that shoots 10 under par. But at the same time, if your teammate is 10 over par, then the team is going to lose. And so how do we share best practices? Make sure that, hey, if, if I'm being successful at the Citadel, how can I make sure that that Georgia Southern is is being successful as well and, and that it's not a zero-sum game and, and share best practices? So communication is key. Um, I'd also say you have to set really clear expectations and define what success looks like and not leave that open for interpretation and be on top of the numbers and the nuance of each operation because every place is a little bit different. And then, you know, ultimately you, you got to get on the plane. You got to go see people, yeah. right? Be, and, and you got to live a day in their shoes in terms of what what they're going through, what their interactions are like on campus, wh- where they're struggling. And uh, as great as this technology is on Zoom, there's certain things that you just can't get without being in person. Absolutely. And and question two, Joe, in your current role, you're involved in, in property and team development, fundraising, kind of talked about as your company's evolved, ticket ops and sales and marketing, sponsorship, strategy, analytics, you know, business development. What have you done to help yourself become so well-rounded in all of those different verticals? Well, working for a guy like Mark, definitely doesn't hurt in that. And uh, I've learned a ton from him uh, for sure. And, and you know, I feel like he's, I've had the privilege to work with a lot of really great leaders and, and learn from them. But I do think it starts with humility and admitting that there is a lot you don't know. And, you know, I think if you think you know uh, all the answers, you can't really learn anything. So I think it has to start there. 
and then you have to learn by doing. You got to jump in head first and uh, and try to dedicate time to learning on on all those areas outside of the the nine to five. And and then like we've been talking about, right? People, people, people. Hire smart people. Uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room, as the old yep. saying goes. And absolutely, we have a really good senior management team with Alexis Campanella, Ben Boaz, uh, Craig Cugno, who kind of round out our senior management team. Of course, Mark Dyer, Kim Parsons all incredible leaders that push our company forward every day. And I learned from them uh, a ton. That's awesome. And again, that's kind of the theme of this podcast is a lot about people. And question three, along with people, you've helped train and develop many great leaders and and industry professionals as well as consistently work with industry leaders, you know, on the C-level. And and what are some of the key characteristics that really stick (laughs) out in some of the most successful people you come across? I think some of the most successful leaders that I've seen do a really good job at managing their emotions uh, in times of stress or or crisis. Um, you know, leadership's really easy when everything's going great, right? And I think when strong leaders are really needed is is when there's challenges at the door. And so there is, I think a lot about a concept of of learning to to kind of underreact versus overreact. And and when I refer to that, I'm not talking about in terms of taking action, I'm talking about in terms of emotions. I think it's really easy when a problem comes up to overreact and be frantic and and uh, and kind of lose your lose your cool a little bit. But having the skill to absorb that initial blow of bad news, harness the wave of emotion, uh, I d- identify, clarify what exactly the challenge is, right? Kind of simplify and unmuddy the water to help your team ultimately see things clearly and then ask for input from your team where, where necessary and then make a swift decision on things with the information that you have is, is really what can separate a strong leader. So, so I think that's huge. Um, And then I'd say they don't avoid difficult situations and, and quite the opposite. They seek them out and, you know, they move swiftly and be proactive in addressing and solving potential problems. They don't let things fester. They understand that really the challenges are the reason that you're there. And, um, you know, the challenges don't get easier. You just get a little bit better at solving them, hopefully. And, uh, you know, like I look at a lot of our leaders and the things that seeing some folks grow, that the things that stress them out early in their career is now just another Tuesday. Right. And that's a sign of incredible growth as a leader. No, absolutely. Well, Joe, this has been great. Ton of great advice. And and to close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Absolutely. What is your most used emoji? Uh, I am a big emoji guy, probably the fist bump or the flex emoji. All right. Love it. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? Mm, Let's go with the great Miles Teller. And finally, what is the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Uh, Became a dad. Two incredible kids. I have a soon-to-be three-year-old daughter, Connolly, and a nine-month-old son, George. And uh, it is the greatest blessing of my life, without question. That's awesome. Well, Joe, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Be a continuous learner. Uh, Be curious. Ask questions. You know, again, you don't get anywhere thinking that you have it all figured out. If, If you think you have it all figured out the world tends to humble you pretty quickly and and spoiler yeah. alert you don't none of us do so so learn and 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 seek out learning uh be proactive in building relationships there's nothing more important than building really positive meaningful relationships 
and um, you know, be a force for positivity. Complaining is easy, right? Be someone that's known as being positive. And then last thing I would say is take responsible for and be aggressive with your career and, and your own development. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and, and expertise and all of your advice as well. You got it. Thanks, Travis. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.